Welcome to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. Through the revelation of God's undeserved, unearned and unmerited favor, we are committed to helping you make better changes in life for life. You've got your Bible with you. I want to share from the book of Psalms. I want to share from the book of Psalms. If you've got your notebook where you can write, where you can jot down some notes, as it is our custom, I want to encourage you to do that this morning. I want to, I want to speak to you today and, and I'm trusting God to, to deposit something of eternal significance in your life today. So can I ask you to pay attention as much as you can everyone in the house, to the youth, the young people in the house, can I ask you, everybody, I want you to just turn your attention to me this morning. And uh, parents, if you're sitting next to your children, please, let's, let's not give them gadgets. Let's not give them phones at the moment. Let's, let's, let's nurture them. Let's raise them so that they can value the time of the ministration of the word of God. Unless the phone is being used to go through the Bible and the stuff, but let's Let's, 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 let's just bring every focus to the word of God this morning. A simple observation of life, I'm coming to the book of Psalms. A simple observation in life, or um, just quick check of how life tends to happen to us, indicates that Many are times we tend to connect with things that are of value. We tend to connect with things that are really important in our lives when we have gone through a difficult moment in life. Uh, or when we are in some of our lowest moments of life, somehow our minds, our souls, they tend to connect to the things that are of value. They tend to connect to things that are of value. And um, have you, well, let me put it this way, have, have you ever uh, done something without engaging your mind, without engaging your thought, and then later on realize that what I have done, I should not have done it. And then your mind begins to see things that are of value and things that are not of value. Anybody who's been in that position? You do something, and uh, after you have done what you have done, and uh, many times it's something that is not good, you know you should not have done that. But the moment you finish doing it, and the results are on the table, the mind just kind of like switches on, and you, you begin to realize that, but actually, I should not have done this. I should not have gone to this place. I should not have said A, B, C, D. Why? Because it's, 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 it's the nature, it's how God has created and fashioned us that we tend to connect with to things that are important when we are in our low, low moments. And uh, uh, as we come to the book of Psalm chapter number 51, this morning I want us to learn from David. My prayer in my heart is that you don't have to wait for you to do something bad, for you to realize things that are important in your life. Am I talking sense to somebody? You don't have to do something bad for you to, 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 to have some sense concerning things that are of value in your life. 
wisdom tells us that you, the best way to learn is learn from others. Yeah, there are some experiences that you don't have to go through. Just observe, observe others, observe other people's lives, observe others who have gone ahead of you and just watch what has happened in their lives and learn from there. Psalm chapter number 51, from verse number 10 to verse number 12. I want to speak on what I have titled a believer's worst, a believer's worst fear. A believer's or the believer's, a believer's worst fear. I want to share on what must be, I want to share about the very thing that you must be afraid of in your life as a believer. The one thing that you as a believer, you need to be afraid of. Yeah, we, we are scared. We are afraid of so many things in our lives. But there's one thing that I want us to learn from David's experience. And uh, I'm titling it, A Believer's Worst Fear. Psalm chapter number 51 from verse number 10, it says, Create in me a clean heart. Oh God. And renew a right and steadfast spirit within me verse number 11 that's the part that i really want you to to get do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your holy spirit from me restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit i will read also from the niv version The primary text, the primary verse there is verse number 11. That's the key verse I want you to zero in on. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit in order to sustain me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. I know those who are in the music ministry, songs have been written emanating from this uh, portion of the scripture. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew thy spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, oh Lord. You know the song isn't? Yeah, it's emanating from Psalm chapter number 51. Now, I said I want to speak on a subject I've titled, A Believer's Worst Fear. Yeah, we want to learn from the very thing that was David's worst fear. And it's on verse number 11. David's worst fear, I can summarize it this way, it was life without the Holy Spirit. That was David's worst fear. A life without the Holy Spirit. Do not cast me away from your presence and take not away from me your Holy Spirit. Now, when you come to Psalm chapter number 51, David said these words, at a time that he committed one of the greatest sins he ever committed his entire life. It was at a time when David 
went on to plan murder in order to cover up the adultery that he had committed with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. Now, when the prophet came to him and began to reveal what he thought was hidden only in his heart, and David realized that what I have committed, God saw it. And God has revealed what I've done even to his prophet, Nathan. And when David realized, when it, he came to his senses, that what I have done, I should not have done it. His mind and his spirit connected to that which is very important in his life. And he sat down and he began to write. Create in me, O oh God, a clean heart. It's a prayer of repentance. It was in his lowest moment that David connected with that which is of value, not only in his life, but in every believer's life. Create in me, O oh God, a clean heart. Why should, why should David desire a, a clean heart? He knows that what I have done is an indication that another heart was at operation in me. An, imp, an, an impure heart was the one that was controlling me. And now he sits down, he goes on his knees, and he's, he's, on, he's on his knees and he's praying, Lord, create in me a pure heart, a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. In other words, restore, restore an upright spirit within me. Restore in me a firm spirit. An established spirit. That's what I'm asking, Lord, to renew in me. Cast me not away from your presence. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. But rather, Lord, restore the joy of your salvation. And grant me a willing spirit. A spirit that makes me want to obey you. Even at a time when my flesh wants something opposite to you. But Lord, grant me a willing spirit. An obeying spirit. That's what it's crying to God for. Because you need a willing spirit in order to be sustained in life. Now, these few verses, they are highlighting the importance of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. I sat down and I began to ponder upon this scripture as the Spirit of God was, was ministering and ministering more and more. And I had lots of questions that the Holy Spirit went on to answer and began just to reveal things that are just there. And you wonder, why would David have this as his worst fear? David, why are you so scared? Why, why are you so afraid to be cast out of the presence of God? Why are you so afraid of God taking away his Holy Spirit from you? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? And I came to realize that David understood that for him to be where he was, it was because of the Spirit. First Samuel chapter number 16. This was at a time when David was nowhere or we had never heard anything about David. 
No one was talking anything about this young man called David. But when you come to 1 Samuel chapter number 16, this was a time when Israel was still a united nation. When all the 12 sons of Jacob were still together. When, when it was a time when they were not divided. And uh, Saul was the king of the united Israel. And God visits his servant Samuel. Samuel was a priest. Samuel was a prophet. And God visits Samuel. And he begins to reveal his mind to Samuel. And he said to Samuel, you know what? This king Saul that you are praying for about, stop mourning about him. Stop worrying about Saul. I have rejected him. Because at this time, Samuel was interceding for, for Saul. Because Saul had done, he had disobeyed God. And, and, and Samuel is praying to God for, for Saul. And God comes in and he answers him, stop praying for Samuel. How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Remember, King Saul was still in office, but he was rejected. It is possible to occupy a position. When God has already rejected you. And what indicates to us that God has rejected you is what I'm going to be sharing on you. And that is one of the worst things that can happen in our lives. To have a position, but without the spirit of God in us. Am I speaking to leaders in the house? Remember, in our church, leaders are not those who are in the church board. If you're a firstborn, you're a leader. If you're a classmate in your school, you're a what? You're a leader. If you're a team leader at your church, at your workplace, you are a? You're a leader. If you're a parent, you are a? You're a leader. And the worst thing that can happen to us, it is to have a position of influence, but without the spirit of God in us. So God visits someone and says, I have rejected him. Stop mourning about him. Stop worrying about him. But rather, here's what I want you to do. I want you now to pick up your bags and I want you to go to Bethlehem. To the house of a man called Jesse. And when you go there, I want you to anoint the one who's going to replace Saul. Now all these things are happening, Saul doesn't know. He's got no clue about what God is planning. But God is beginning to reveal his mysteries to his prophets. Go to that house. God did not tell Samuel that I want you to go and anoint David. But he says, go to the house of Jesse. When you get there, I'm going to reveal to you the one who is going to be the king over Israel. Now, that's a very powerful principle of our lives. There are many things in our Christian journey that God will not reveal as long as you are not in motion. Can I repeat that? There are many things in our lives that we are praying for. God is not going to reveal them as long as you are not moving in the direction of where he has commanded you to go to. It's the same thing with Abraham. God says, I want you to leave your people and go to a place that I shall show you. Yeah? It took Abraham obedience for him to go on the road. And then God began to reveal as he was on the way. It's the same thing with the man Abraham. When God says, I want you to take your very own son and I want you to go and offer him as a sacrifice on a mountain, that, on a place that I shall show you. 
He did not know the exact place, but because out of obedience, he began to walk. And when, when, when he was on the journey, God revealed to him. Glory be to God. So Samuel went to the house of Jesse. And, and he, he, he opened to Jesse the reason of his coming. And Jesse brought all his sons from the firstborn. All the sons except this young boy. One who could not be recognized. The firstborn was brought in. And Samuel thought, oh, here is the king of Israel. And God said to him, no, he's not the one. The second one came in. And Samuel thought, this is the right one. And God said, no. Until all the ones that Jesse brought in the house were finished. And Samuel had to ask, are these all your sons? And Jesse said, oh, by the way, the youngest one is out there in the bush, in the forest, with the sheep, tending to my flock. And, Jesse, and, and Samuel said, bring him here. Bring him here. Bring him here. And when you read the scripture carefully, everything had to go on standby, on, on standstill. And up and until David came into the room, and as soon as David walked into the room, the spirit of the Lord said to Samuel, that's the king of Israel. The one who was looked down upon, the one whom even the father rejected, but the moment he stepped on the scene, the word of God says, the God said to Samuel, he is the king of Israel. Take your horn, put oil in it, anoint him as king over Israel. Glory be to God. 1 Samuel 16 verse 12 to, to 13. So he sent for him and had him brought in. That's David. He was glowing with the health and the fine appearance and the handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, 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 the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. From that day. From that day. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that very moment. So David understood that. For me to be king over Israel, as he's writing Psalm 51, he understood that for me to be in this position, for me to be living in this palace, it is because on that day when Samuel poured oil upon me, the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. I am where I am because of the Spirit of God. David understood that the promotion that I received, it was because of the Spirit of the Lord that came upon me. He understood that elevation is a result of the Spirit of God upon us. He understood that promotion is a result of the Spirit of God upon our lives. He understood that to live well is a result of the Spirit of God upon our lives. He understood that for me to be a person of significance, sitting on the highest table, sitting on the throne, being king over the 12 tribes of Israel, it is not because of my own intelligence. It was because of the Spirit of God upon me. So David, as he sits down 
and he is crying to God, Lord, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. David understood the significance, the importance of the Holy Spirit in his life. Am I communicating something to you this morning? A believer's worst fear is a life without the Holy Spirit. So David went on his knees and he began to cry to God, Lord, cast me not away from your presence. Lord, cast me not away from your presence. You, you may do everything else in my life. You may take away money. You may take away my family. You may even take away my children. But cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. That was David's worst fear. And I'm praying this morning, may that be your worst fear as a believer. Having a life without the Holy Spirit. Doing life outside the presence of God. May that become your worst fear in your life. Be afraid of everything else. But don't forget that the worst fear that ought to, to, to make your heart pound. It is having a life outside the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout amen in the house. Not only did David look only at his life. But also. Well, let, me, let, me, let me go back a little bit. Even when you look at his own life, all the things that we hear about David, they were because of the Spirit of God upon his life. From the times of David, I've not had anyone who has had the power to kill a lion with his own hands. I don't know about you. I've, I've so far not heard, not the ones that have been tamed, not the ones that we have taken as cubs and then we raised them and the stuff. No, I'm, I'm talking about a proper lion in the jungle, a hungry one. I've not heard anyone who has gone out into the bush and tried to fight a lion without anything. Pure hands. And be able to, 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 to grab the mouth of a lion and tear it apart. I've not heard anyone. Which indicates that there are some miracles that can only be done as a result of the presence of the Spirit of God upon you. There is a kind of a life life that, that, is, only, that is an evidence of the Spirit of God upon our lives. So when you look at, at all the things that were happening in the life of David, they were all pointing to the fact that this one has got the Spirit of God upon his life. Because the things that David was doing, they cannot be done in a normal way. Spirit of God. But not only that, when you look at David, David will tell you the reason I am so afraid of having a life without the Holy Spirit because I have observed one. Yeah. Remember I said great lessons are learned by observing others. So David will tell you that, you know, the reason I'm crying for this, I have, I, I have observed a life without the Spirit of God. I, I have observed, I, I've witnessed a life without the Spirit of God. Let's go back to First Samuel, the one that we're reading. All right, let's go to verse number 14. That's someone. Now the Spirit of the Lord had what? Had departed from Saul. Watch what happens to a life without the Spirit. And an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Verse 15. Saul's attendants say to him, see, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. 16. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lion. 
he will play when the evil spirit of God from God comes on you and you will feel better. Now, watch what's happening here. The moment the spirit of God departed from Saul, it was horror after horror. He was tormented and he was afraid. Now, if you put those two together, that's a life without rest. It's a restless life. A life without the spirit. You, you live a life of anxiety. You, you are just so afraid. You are unsettled when the spirit of God departs from you. You worry and worry and worry when the Spirit of God departs from you. When the Holy Spirit of God is no longer in control of your life, it's torture. So David would sit down and tell you, I have observed a life without the Spirit of God. Before I became king, there was a king called Saul. And this king, at one time, the spirit of God was in him. But when he disobeyed God, the spirit of God departed from him. And when the spirit of God departed from him, I began to realize the worst kind of a life one can live. When the spirit has departed from you. Now, when you trace the history of David, of King Saul, sorry. When you, when you read the history of King Saul, you, you pick up a number of things that give evidence to a life without the Spirit. When Saul was now living without the Holy Spirit in him, he was an insecure leader. Somebody say insecurity. He became an insecure man. He became an insecure man. To the point that he wanted to kill David. The very same person who was coming to play the instrument for the evil spirit to go is the very same person he was now looking to kill. Can you see what happens when the spirit of God departs from an individual? It torments you. It gives you no rest. So this was David's worst fear in his life. Lord, cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me because I know I've observed a life without the Holy Spirit. It's not good. It's not pleasant. It's a king who is in the palace but he's having sleepless nights. It's a king in the palace but his mind is going wild. He's got everything that he needs in his life. He's got all the material things in life. He's got all the money you can think of. He's got all the services come to him, whatever you can think of. But let me tell you, he had sleepless nights. It's a life without the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is no longer in control of our lives. And I'm praying that this morning, the same thing that David was afraid of, May it become your worst fear as a believer. Be afraid of a life without the Holy Spirit. Be concerned, be worried. The Lord, I don't want to live a life without the Holy Spirit. I don't want to live a life where you are not the one who is controlling me. You, I don't want to live a life where, that is not guided by you. I don't want to live a life that is controlled by everything else apart from you. I want a life that is led by the Spirit. That's why Romans 8, 14 says, They that are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God. To be led by the Spirit is an indicator that the spirit of God is in control over your life. 
And it's true evidence that the Spirit of God is working in you. Am I communicating to somebody this morning? Not only that, but David will tell you that, you know what? I know a life outside the presence of God. Because for this man called Samuel, the one who came to, to anoint me, if I take back his history, when he, this man was born, his mother went and handed him over to priest Eli in the temple. And he said, as for this one, I made a commitment that when God, you bless me the child, I'm going to give him back to you. So Samuel grew up in the temple. He grew up knowing all the things that were happening in the temple. And one of the things that is recorded in the scripture is that when Samuel was growing up, when Samuel was being raised by Eli in the temple in Shiloh, Samuel evidenced. Samuel saw what it is to be outside the presence of God. God allowed Samuel to have the experience of a nation without the presence of God. Such that one day, when, the, when one of the sons of Eli's daughter was giving birth, a word came from those who were out there in the field. And the word says, oh, the ark of the covenant which represented the presence of God. A message is coming to, to Eli, and the message is saying, the presence of God, or the ark of the presence of God, has been captured by the Philistines. So the presence of God has departed from the nation. Right? And the Bible says, when Eli heard this, it troubled him. And the daughter-in-law, when she heard that not only that the ark has been captured, but that his husband, husband He's passed away in the battle. The Bible says she went into labor. And she gave birth to a child. And as she was giving birth and at the same time she was dying, she called the son Ichabod. Somebody say Ichabod. Ichabod comes from the root word kabod, which means the glory of God. Now, Ichabod, it means the glory has departed. In other words, the presence of God has departed. So David will tell you that I know what it means to be outside the presence of God. Because the very moment the ark of God was captured by the Philistines, the blessing of the Lord departed from Israel. The protection of God left Israel. And now Israel was exposed. The Philistines could come in at any time they wanted and they would do whatever they wanted. When the presence of God departs, you are left without a protection. Am I talking to somebody in the house this morning? The moment the presence of God departs from you, you no longer have a shield around you. You no longer have a protection around you. You become like a city without walls. You become like a nation without an army. The enemies can come in and invade and do whatever they want at will. When the presence of God departs. So David sits down and he's crying and over this prayer of repentance. Lord, create in me a pure heart. Renew in me a steadfast and upright spirit. Cast me not away from your presence. And take not your Holy Spirit away from me. Because he understood that the worst thing that can happen to me, it is a life without the Spirit of God. Can I charge you, Church of the Living God, this morning? The worst fear of a believer, a New Testament believer, ought to be a life without the Holy Spirit. Be afraid of a life 
without the Holy Spirit. Be more concerned of walking and taking a walk in life outside the presence of God, outside the Spirit of God. Be worried, be worried, be worried. Be worried, be worried. Be afraid of this one thing. Can I ask you and I beseech you by the message of God, don't even be afraid of witches. I know some people, they are more worried about what people back home in Torashanga and Chipinga and Karoi can do to you. You're more worried about people taking chicken and then the feathers of chicken and putting them together in some soup and some water and some salt. You're more worried about people doing that to you more than you're worried about the Holy Spirit departing from you. Can I ask you, the living God, this morning, be more concerned about having the Spirit of God at any given time in your life. Because when the Spirit of God is upon your life, He will elevate you, He will protect you. Let me tell you, when Saul was trying to kill David, two times the Bible says, Saul took a sword and he would throw it on David. And his God, the Bible says, He wanted to pin him to the wall together with a sword. The sword. But the Bible says two times David, he, he, somehow he disappeared. I'm not talking about fiction. Okay? Sunday school, this is not fiction. We're talking about the things that what? What really happened? Someone takes a, 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 a sword and you are sitting on a table, you're having dinner. And takes a sword and they throw it at you. To pierce you. And somehow God rescues you. Two times. That can only be the spirit of God rescuing you. That can only be the protecting spirit of God upon our lives. Without the spirit, you are left exposed. You'll be left exposed. But David was protected by God. Why? Because the presence of God protects. And the very same way that the presence of God protected David is the very same way that the presence of God can protect you. Is the very same way that the presence of God can protect your family. Is the very same way that the presence of God can protect your job. Is the very same way that the presence of God can protect your marriage. Is the very same way that the presence of God can protect your health. Is the very same way that the presence of God can protect your destiny. Is the very same way. Is the very same way. But the worst thing that can happen, it is doing life and having life outside the presence of God. Because the moment that happens, you no longer have a shield. You no longer have a protection. Nothing is covering you. Nothing comes to your rescue when things are going bad. May this same presence protect your business. May this presence protect your ideas. May this presence protect our church. May this presence protect our families. May this presence protect our ministries in our church. It's, it can only happen because we are people that value the spirit of God in us. I pray I'm communicating to someone's heart this morning. I'm praying this word is reaching to someone's heart this morning. A believer's worst fear is a life without the spirit of God. A life that is not being controlled by the Spirit of God. Just look at Saul. The man was worried at any given time. You know, you, you know we worry about this. There's another worry that you, you're even worried about your worry. I don't, I don't know if what I said makes sense. I never raised it. There's a worry that even worries you. You know you worry, but you're even worried that the way that I worry 
is worrying me. Yeah. At that point, go back on your knees and start to ask yourself, Holy Spirit, come and control me. Come back and control me. Because when the Spirit of God is at work in us, there is a peace that he gives us. The scripture calls it a peace that surpasses all understanding or all reasoning. It's a peace that surpasses all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of words that come to us, all kinds of things that are thrown at us. It's, it's that kind of a peace that the Holy Spirit gives to us. So the, the moment you see yourself and you become, you become so anxious to the point that you, you struggle to sleep, be worried about that one. But don't worry over worry. Worry that is the Holy Spirit controlling me. And we have a good, good father. We have a lovely and a, and a gracious father to us. When you go on your knees and you're asking, Father, I want your spirit to control me. I want your spirit to guide me, to lead me. I'm worrying over worry. I'm anxious in life. I'm depressed. I'm stressed. Go to him and Father, Please, I need your spirit. The spirit gives rest. The spirit gives what? Rest. Even in the middle of the storm, the spirit will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus will tell you that I'm not giving you what I've not experienced. I've experienced it. One time my, my disciples we were crossing over the, 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 the sea and, 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 and the storms came raging. And I was there sleeping in the boat. And everyone was worried. It's not like I was in a deep sleep. Yeah. But I was there. They were worried, but I was sleeping. And when they came to wake me up, you know what? I, I did not even show that I was worried. Before the storms stopped raging, I wasn't worried. But they were worried. Look at the questions they asked and said, Master, how come? Don't you care? Are you not worried? That's what I'm trying to say. That we are about to die. Can you not see the situation? But Jesus says to the storms, Be still. The other version says, You said, Peace, be still. Let there be peace. It is possible to be going through fire, and God gives you a peace. That surpasses all understanding. Yeah. That is why you find that when, Day, when Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, the Bible does not say David cried, Daniel cried and said, Oh my God! Oh my God in heaven! Oh please! No, no, he never. He went in quietly. Peace that surpasses all understanding. I've always imagined if, if Daniel Shadrach in Michigan, I bet Nigo were Nigerians. <clears throat> I love my good friends. And they're being thrown in the fire. If it happened that the spirit of God was not in control of them, my God, oh! But watch what happens when there is the peace of God upon your life. It surpasses all understanding. Evidence of the spirit of God upon you. The very same men were talking about David. You know what? They, there are moments that he had an opportunity to, to, to kill King Saul. But the spirit of God tells you that for you, vengeance is not yours, it's for the Lord. 
Don't revenge. Have you, have you ever been wronged? Uh, don't, don't lift your hand. Just say, ouch, quietly. Inside you. Have you ever been wronged by someone and then you get an opportunity to revenge? You've got every opportunity. It's a green light. That you know, you, it's, it's an open shake. You can do whatever you want. The environment is ripe. It's, it's, it's good for you. Nothing is obstruct. Nothing is standing in the way. And yet the Spirit of God comes in and says, you know what? Don't touch them. Just leave them. Just leave them. Amen, Kapos. I know you don't fight physically, but have you ever been, have you ever received a dose of words that you are left speechless? I'm not talking from experience. <laughs> received a dose of words and then you think, oh my goodness, you can't even respond back. And then later on in life, you get an opportunity. It's, it's, yeah, you, you've got your mini ad great advantage. Your lead to great advantage. An improper one. Yeah. And you feel right now, if I just open my mouth, this person cannot even afford to ignore my words because I'm in a place of advantage. And then the Holy Spirit comes and says, you know what, just leave it. Just, just comes in and says, just, 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 just let it go. Glory be to God. A believer's worst fear is a life without the Holy Spirit. And I want you to rise on your feet this morning. I'm done. I want you to rise on your feet this morning. I want you to pray. Sunday school, are you in the house? Youth, are you in the house? I want everyone in the house to pray. And here's the prayer that I want you to make today. And say, Lord, help me. In my journey of life, help me, Lord. I don't want to live without the Holy Spirit at any point in my life. I don't want to do life without the Holy Spirit. Those who serve in the house, I want you to cry to God and, and say, God, I don't want to serve without the Holy Spirit. I don't want to sing, Lord, without the Holy Spirit. I don't want to write meeting minutes without the Holy Spirit. Am I talking to somebody in the house? As parents, are, let's cry to God, Lord, Lord, help me. I don't want to father or to mother my children without the Holy Spirit. When you're leaving home in the morning and going to work, cry to God, Lord, I don't want to wake outside your presence because I know what it is like now to do life outside your presence. I don't want to live without your protection around me. I don't want to live without peace inside of me. I don't want to live a life of fear, a life of worry, a life that is insecure. I don't want that kind of a life. I want peace. I want the rest. I want the goodness of the Lord. I want the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That's the kind of a life that I want from you. I want you to open your mouth this morning and I want you to cry to God. Lord, help me. I want to live a life that is filled with the Spirit of God. I want a life that is led by the Spirit of God. I want a life that is controlled by the Spirit of God. Can everybody in the house lift up your voice and pray? 
Thank you for tuning in to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. To interact with us, please visit our website at afmimmiltonkeens.org or follow us at Ebenezer Fellowship AFMIM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also interact with Pastor Danny on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For easy access, the links are in the description.